Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, evening at... Whoa. Okay, there was no warning for that. Uh, good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you're at. Welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John Alditz, and I'm joined by something. Puppet Maggie. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's Puppet Maggie. It's uh, time, right? <laughs> are we, are we going to do this the entire episode? No. No. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I was I was really not expecting. Where did that come from? Um, I am a puppeteer, John. I have many of these. I have so many of these. Why does this not surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. You got to give me a second here. That one that threw me off. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, uh, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about SAG Awards. But before we get into that, Maggie, how are you, human version of you? (laughs) Human version of me is doing really good because the award shows so far have been very favorable to my favorite. And also, I felt like Puppet Maggie was fitting since we're talking about the SAG Awards. And like, obviously, puppeteering falls under the umbrella of SAG. So... It felt very fitting for today's conversation, though, unfortunately, there were no puppets in any of this year's best pictures. That is, I mean, Oppenheimer with puppets. Puppenheimer. (laughs) I would not. Here's the thing. I am a firm believer that we should have more like Muppet adaptations of stories. And I would love to see a Muppet adaptation of Oppenheimer. I think we should have Killian Murphy surrounded by just Muppets. Yeah, that's the thing is that it, it would just be Oppenheimer again, but just don't draw attention to the fact that it's Muppets. Yeah. 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 I'm, into I'm it. on board for that. But anyways, let's go ahead and let's dive into uh, this discussion here. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that intro is still just absolutely messing with me uh first of all so all all in the game is asking so all the main awards are pretty much decided now for the oscars uh yeah i mean it it seems like a foregone conclusion with a lot of these but there's still room for some possibility and we're going to be talking about that but we're going to start things off right out the gate with best actor the winner wound up being of course killian murphy for oppenheimer maggie is this surprising to you at all because i feel like this is maybe the least surprising outcome that could have possibly happened yeah this is honestly exactly what i expected i am a voting member of you know the screen actors guild so i tend to find that like my ballot is pretty consistent with what the actual turn of events are for the award show um nobody ever asks my opinion on any of these like pundit podcasts or anything but like i'm like 
90% right every year. Um, I know how my my union votes. Uh, and I felt like Killian was always like 100% a guarantee on this one. Like, yeah, Paul Giamatti is obviously like a very clear second for everybody. But it was always Killian's to lose. Uh, and it was yeah. always a guarantee that he wasn't going to lose it. Um, he's on that, you know, that path. And it, everything so far has really been his award to lose. Uh, so I think it's great. I think it was really long overdue. Uh, you know, it's it's shocking now that I've been watching Peaky Blinders that that show never really received any awards buzz ever, um, considering how good it is. So I'm glad that he's getting this recognition now. And he's obviously been giving, like, any type of award-winning performance and like, all of his roles. So... I don't know. Call it luck of the luck of the Irish. So obviously when it comes to the best actor, we've had a little bit of a battle. You mentioned it there with Paul Giamatti. It seems to be that it's either going to be Kelly Murphy or Paul Giamatti. It seems far more likely, at least in the opinion of a lot of people that it's going to be Killian Murphy. Do you think that this Sagwin doesn't make you feel more confident that that is going to be the case for the Oscars? I felt confident in this entire award run. I, I've joked that Oppenheimer is my all quiet of this year and I, my confidence and it has not wavered since I saw it last summer. Um, I will say it was very funny to watch a bunch of people bet like actual money on Paul mm-hmm. Giamatti winning. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> like, I don't understand how some of, some of it has just been, I don't know. We're very, at least in terms of like the Screen Actors Guild, we very much vote along the lines of like what you expect is going to happen. There's very rarely like actual true upsets. Um, so I don't know where that was coming from. I I will say that I, I would love to see Paul Giamatti win. Yeah, I mean, he's um, great. I love, I love the performance he gives in the holdovers. Yeah. I've said it numerous times on here that, you know, if Killian was not in this race, it would be Paul Giamatti's. Yeah. I I would love to see Giamatti win, but this is I feel like this is 100. This is this is Murphy's year. Uh, I think that he pretty well has it, and him winning this award only kind of cinches that for me in my mind. Uh, best actress, though, moving on over. This is a little bit of a closer battle than Giamatti Murphy because we have the Battle of the Stones going on for the best actress, and for the SAG Awards, the winner was Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, now. As of, as I pointed out, the Battle of the Stones, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Emma Stone, poor things. For me, it's still very much up in the air which one might come out on top when we get to the Academy Awards. How do you feel? Does this does Lily winning here change the math at all for you? Um, I mean. I- Similar to Killian, I said this is Lily's Oscar to, you know, lose. I understand Emma has obviously picked up a lot in the critics groups, but there is very clearly like a a love for Lily and a lot of the more industry groups. And so like she was on my ballot for the the SAG uh, nominations and for the SAG awards. So that one was like, wasn't a surprise for me. It is nice to see that like my, my fellow Screen Actors Guild members are of like a similar mind that her performance really is one of the best of this year. Um, you know, Emma does give a great performance in Four Things, but I also think that Four Things is a much showier, much more provocative, much more um, in-your-face kind of performance that given the 
age and demographic of most of the Screen Actors Guild's voting body, I think was going to be a, a lot harder sell. And Emma's already won some of these big awards. You know, she's already kind of in that, you know, that place. And even if you watched the awards show on Saturday night, Emma looked relieved and thrilled that Lily won. Um, Cause she, she, you know, she's already won a lot of these things for other performances. So yeah. it is great to see that um, SAG can make good decisions. <laughs> see, I've been polling for a while for Lily Gladstone. I've been, a, I've been a pretty, pretty big believer that I think that she's going to win it all. And so her winning here doesn't really affect it for me. Um, it's still pretty well, set in stone in my head but (laughs) is it a gladstone (laughs) (sighs) but you know we might be team gladstone but apparently mike joyce in chat here is team emma stone uh which is fair here honestly to be honest i'm polling for lily if emma won would not be upset at all because she did do a great job so not at all bothered by that. Best supporting actor. Moving on down the list here. We're going to keep this train a rolling. Best supporting actor. The winner was Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. This is another one that I feel like is almost like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Pretty much. There been there are a lot of like great names in there. Don't get me wrong. A lot of fantastic yeah. potential, you know, people. But Robert Downey Jr. just keeps winning for this. And so I, I don't think that there's a lot of discussion that needs to be had about other people in here as much as I would love to see a Sterling K Brown or Willem Dafoe or any of these yeah. It Robert Downey Jr. Winning here doesn't change any of the math for me. It doesn't change any of the possibilities. It's pretty well set in stone. Uh, yeah, I will say to, to one regard, I do think that Barbie may have caused themselves some, some loss of favor within the industry after the reaction to the Oscar nominations. Um, like there was such a clear love for Ryan Gosling that like at a certain point, I I would have said like, it's really a toss up between Robert Downey Jr. And Ryan Gosling. You have Ryan who gives this like really fun performance in Barbie that a lot of people liked, a lot of people relate it to because he is ultimately written in like a feminine role. So there is mm-hmm. a lot of like understanding to what's going on with Ken's character. Whereas Robert Downey Jr kind of this like you know redemption story for him as an actor there's a lot of like this is long you know overdue and a lot of stuff like that like he's kind of reclaimed some of that um I don't want to say reclaim credibility because he's always been a very good actor but like you've even seen some of the quotes that he's given about like how Marvel kind of set him back a little bit and this is like him kind of coming back to these more serious roles and so there's it was for a really long time it seemed very much like it could have gone between either one of them depending on like how people were feeling but then after the whole Barbie backlash and even though the cast and the crew really were very normal in their responses, the internet backlash from it, which then went to the, all the trades were covering it. There was, you know, even CNN was covering it. There was a lot of negative publicity around that, that I think the industry would be like, what do you think you deserve it? Obviously you're not going to get it if you think you deserve it. So I do think some of that, like when we look back at this award circuit, we're going to see like there was a clear demarcation line of like before and after that backlash and how that, you know, ultimately affected them in different, um, you know, awards avenues that could have been more competitive. Yeah, because it is worth it is worth pointing out that all of this stuff is voted on. And so a public reaction can affect 
the outcome of things. Yeah, um, especially since with all of these voting bodies, they usually close like within a couple of days of the actual award show. So you have a long window for people to be really tired of hearing about this perceived complaint, um, yeah. which is very different from critics. I don't think critics are the same way because there's a lot of other things that they're like kind of looking at and judging and yeah. how they make their decisions. But the industry people like, it's a very petty world. <laughs> like if you're perceived as being like, yeah. I deserve this nomination, even if you're not actually saying that, but it's just the buzz around you. I think people react to that um, in unfortunate ways. This is what it is. Uh, moving on to best supporting actress. We have divine joy Randolph for the holdovers. This is, this is one where like, honestly, I, I haven't really formed a strong opinion on which way I think that it could go. I mean, it's I hard to come out on top. It's I, 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 I do have quite a bit more confidence in Randolph after this. I think that it is definitely more likely now. Um, but really there's, there's a lot of like fantastic performances in there that I think that it could go either way on would not surprise me if Emily Blunt again, for just continuing Oppenheimer's domination of literally everything this year. Do you know what I'm excited for, uh, for the Oscars? What? uh, Well, that, but I'm excited for the Oscars to be over so that I can stop talking about Oppenheimer. (laughs) I like the movie. Don't get me wrong. But when, We've been talking about this thing for almost a year now. Yeah. I'm ready to talk about something else. Could not be me. I still talk about All Quiet on the Western Front. I know. That's because you like you like hyper fixate on movies and just it's like true. sit on those ones. Yeah. Which I'll true. do that sometimes, but you know. Yeah. I will say, in my mind, this is very much a hundred percent divines. Like I don't see Emily coming up to steal it. Um, I would maybe assume that could happen if Emily had picked up more, you know, awards along the way, but it's very much been a divine year. (laughs) Um, As I said, this, the SAG awards make me far more confident in her going into the Oscars. She's great. I think she's, she's done a really good campaign. Everything she's like said has been really good. There's nothing that she said that like could be spun against her. She's like given such amazing, like acceptance speeches her one on saturday night i think was probably the best of the entire night but she's consistently given really strong emotional um acceptance speeches which i think ultimately helps with these like remaining weeks for people to kind of set their their ballots um so i think it's it's a a better speech than pedro pascal's drunken <laughs> look that was entertaining but <laughs> there wasn't a lot of substance there <laughs> no <laughs> of course not no yeah her her speech was significantly better than pretty much anybody else's but you know pedro's yeah. was maybe the most entertaining yeah uh and now let's go ahead outstanding performance by a cast goes to oppenheimer i don't feel like that's a big surprise best stunt ensemble in a film love seeing stunt get some love Still bums me out that Oscars, that's not really a thing. I know. Uh, and that that went to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Shouldn't really necessarily be a surprise to anybody. Well, uh, I will say it was a surprise to people because I was going through critic ballots that they had for their, like, really? betting pools and stuff. And everybody had John Wick. And I voted for Mission Impossible. I'm like, guys, never, never, you know, bet against Tom Cruise. No, yeah. Like, the industry loves him. Everybody wants to work with him, like, except for, you know, a few people like Nicole Pickett doesn't want to work with him. Understandable. But, 
like yeah but there's there's such a love for him like of course his movie where he does like all of these insane stunts himself and he's like known as the stunt guy was going to get that one i felt like that was a given i was really surprised by the john i mean obviously john wick is incredible they do incredible you know stunts and that entire team is incredible but to me to me if mission impossible was like if mission impossible hadn't come out last year yeah, John would have been would have yeah. been a slam dunk. But Mission Impossible being there, it's like one of those things where like, oh, okay, the the big boys are here, so they're gonna naturally walk away with it. It's like you're not gonna win against Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, moving on into the television categories, getting away from film for a little bit to talk about the thing that I don't really watch. Uh, Pains me best, greatly. Best actor in a TV movie or limited series with Steven Yeun with bite with beef. Beef also got best actress with Ali Wong. Uh, so I have not actually watched beef. So Maggie, have you? No. And after all okay. of the stuff that came out after it, I had no, no real interest in participation. <laughs> Cause <laughs> like, and it was really awkward to watch too. Cause like neither of them got like a lot of applause. So I feel like, yeah. There, How much of that do you think is the the backlash to all that? Yeah, I would say the backlash to beef and like public perception. Like I'm sure everybody watched it. They probably loved it, but they don't want to like publicly vouch for it because it is unfortunately not a great. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Situation. But, but do you know what is a show? Yeah, it was like the most unsurprising wins. I mean, basically, anytime there was a television yeah. category this year, you knew it was going to go to the bear, beef, or succession. Pretty much. At least, you know, in the drama side yeah. of things, for sure. Well, you know, comedy, the, the comedy that is known as beef. Or yeah, bear. I don't know. If <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah. The show that I did watch, though, won Best Actor in a Drama Series, which is Pedro Pascal for The Last of Us. Big and then he proceeded to give, like, a drunken speech because I guess he didn't he didn't think he was going to get up. No, I mean, that's a, a big win for genre television, which generally gets um, nominated, but it's always kind of, like, blocked yeah. out of the final win. Um, I have to say this kind of reminded me of House of the Dragon winning for Best Ensemble last year, and that cast was entirely entirely gone <laughs> there were three sheets to the win when they got up there because nobody expected genre television yeah. to win uh so i mean it was a really big win and i i did vote for pedro because i was like he gave a really good performance in the last of us well and i could i could understand pedro not necessarily thinking that he was going to win considering that he was going up against three secession stars yeah <laughs> so like the yeah. the if i was a betting man going into this award show i would have 100 put my money down on w somebody from Secession winning, yeah. just because that's the one that like probably probably would have been Kieran and Colin Kieran Culkin. 
There yeah, you go. which also provided some really great fodder for like the end of their like award season fictional beef. That's been really entertaining yeah. to watch. So that was fun. That's but the I kind really, of beef that I've been enjoying watching. That, yeah, exactly. I I appreciated that like my 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 voting body went against the norm, which was everybody thinking it was going to be succession across the board. So that was kind of fun. But another uh, category where Secession didn't manage to absolutely just smoke the competition was uh, Best Actress in a Drama Series, which went to Elizabeth Debicki for The Crown. That was another one that it seemed like it seemed like not a lot of people expected because a lot of people were expecting uh, Sarah Snook on that yeah, one. Yeah, never as, underestimate the power of The Crown as and all in the game love pointed out. for Princess Diana. Oh, yeah. Like, that's just... You know, you're talking about a historical figure that is beloved by many people, even still to this day. Uh, that doesn't surprise me as much as Pedro. Pedro winning, I think, was the bigger shock to me. Um, but that being said, this is still one where a lot of people kind of figured it was going to go another way. So it was nice to see. It'll be interesting to see if he wins Pedro again when the things that happened to Joel happen in season two. Because I think. He has the potential to give an even more award-winning performance in season two. I think it'll depend on the way they structure season two. Mm-hmm. Because if that happens as early on in the show as it happens. Which it might game, with Fantastic Four. Yeah. Then I'm... I feel bad talking about this because it's hard to talk about this in Everybody any knows. way, shape, or form that is in any way hiding what it is that we're talking about that it's like this is the game has been out for how long that's true if you don't know i should not be on the internet envious of your ability to avoid those kind of spoilers but depending on how early on in the season it happens uh yeah that's where I'm kind of like, mm, is he gonna get is he gonna be up for awards but it'll be interesting to see qualify as a guest star at that point yeah, it'll be um, interesting to see how it ultimately happens, especially with, I mean, we know Fantastic Four is coming and uh, yeah, that he, tends to be a, another genre that gets blocked he already notable awards. So it'll be interesting to see the next time that he's actually on that, that ballot again. Didn't I see, and you might know more about this being the, the news editor, didn't I see that he already had to drop out of a project? Yeah, he's dropped because, out of two things. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, that was when, that was more or less when everybody kind of knew what was going to happen. Um, with the casting for Fantastic Four, when yeah. he started dropping out of things, Joseph Quinn started magically dropping out of conventions that were scheduled for the specific, you know, specific dates that things were supposed to be filming. It was real suspicious. And now from Evan Moss Bacharach, he's like basically confirmed that, yeah, they found out they were cast last year when everybody found out. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll, we'll just have to see with that. Uh, moving on into the comedy side of things, best actor in a comedy series, Jerry, Jeremy Allen White for The Bear. Is The Bear a comedy? Because when I watch that show, it just gives me anxiety. It doesn't make me laugh. Okay. It is because it is under 30 minutes. The way that the, the that things are... And this is everywhere. If it falls under that like 30 minute window, it is classified as a comedy because of how television is structured. So that's dumb. <laughs> we get up with literally every single organization. I but will. I'm coming Mark. after you, all of all of the organizations. <laughs> and also best actors in a comedy series also went to the bear. Uh <laughs> 
another win for Ireland, as we say. Yes. <laughs> With so that's, yeah, that show just that show leaves me as a ball of anxiety. It doesn't make me laugh, except for the occasional like ridiculous moment. But other than that, it's it's like I just feel awful. I don't know. Maybe I just don't do well with like high pressure kitchen situations. I would be I'd be awful as a if chef. You can't handle the heat. Get out of the kitchen, John. Listen, my mom was a professional cook for many years of uh, her life. I'll let her do all that. Me, I'm over here doing my art stuff and making videos. Like I don't do high pressure. That's not what I do. <laughs> Uh, all in the game says no it's a dramedy at best the bear and barry get away with comedy classification because of that 30 minute format exactly as you pointed out uh i think dramedy would make sense as a as a way to classify it but that's not a awards classification no. uh outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series was secession throw a bone is anybody shocked they're like, hey, you're not going to win for specific acting categories, but we're going to throw you a bone and give you ensemble. And then, of course, outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series was The Bear. Or a comedy series. Sorry. Typo in the article that I was looking at. Uh, yeah. So that also is not surprising. Outstanding action performance by a stunt ensemble goes to The Last of Us. And that's where we're going to going to end the actual categories. There is one thing that I wanted to uh, bring up since we're talking about The Last of Us a little bit that is SAG Awards adjacent. And that is uh, uh, Nick Offerman's comments when he was asked about his episode after the SAG Awards. Did you did you see what he had to say? Was this his acceptance speech at the Spirit Awards or something else? I think it was the Spirit Awards. Okay. Um, but basically he, uh, he said, uh, that he was basically annoyed with people, uh, asking why they had to make it a gay story when he's just like, it's because you guys keep asking those kinds of questions. It's Which just a answer. love story. Yeah. That's it. I love that man so much. Nick Hoffman's great. Every time that I see him speak in public, it makes me incredibly happy. He's he's one of those people that I pray, pray we don't find out something awful about him someday. <laughs> because I think I would be broken. It's like Nick Offerman, Tom Hanks, and yeah, if either of those two, if we ever found out something horrible about either of them, I think I would just be a broken and despondent man. I think I would leave the industry. <laughs> I think I would be like, nope, entertainment journalism is not for me. I'm done now. I want to have some faith in humanity. Thank you. <laughs> I have bad news for you. There's there's very little in this world to have faith in humanity for. So, oh hush. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's jump into the chat a little bit and see what people are saying over here. Uh, Jeremy Allen White needs to make needs to star in a Young Frankenstein remake. That's a take. Um, I don't hate that, but that's not where I would have gone with him, to be honest. Because I feel like Young Frankenstein falls a lot heavier into the comedy side of things, and I do not think of him as like a. It's because he looks like what's his face. It's because he looks like what's his face. Does he look like Gene Wilder? Oh my god, yes. He look when you see a side by side of them, he looks tremendously like Gene Wilder. It's insane. I mean, I think I would have to see a side by side because right now in my head, I'm just not seeing it. Quickly Google Jeremy Allen White and Gene Wilder, and you will see pictures. The internet has already taken the care of this for you. 
All right, let's see this. This is thrilling. Uh, okay, I mean, I guess I can kind of see it. Dancing I don't think it, I don't think it lines up as much as some people. It's it's pretty uncanny. He looks more like Gene Wilder than I look like Dakota Johnson. Let's just say that. I don't think that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The bear will likely dominate the next Emmy Awards in September. Uh, Yeah, if they keep doing what they're doing. Absolutely. I think that'll probably be what'll happen. Um, Yeah. And that's uh, that's all that we're really doing with chat. You guys are just you guys are doing a really good job of talking along with us about all of this and talking stuff. to each other and talking to each other. Which honestly, I will say this right now: I think that is one of my favorite things is when you guys are talking amongst yourself. That is brilliant. I absolutely love when that happens. Uh, but anyways, that is where we're gonna end today's show. Uh, Maggie, do you have anything coming down the pipeline that you wanna that you wanna plug? At some point in the coming days, I'm going to be chatting with uh, Ben Browder for the 25th anniversary of Far Escape. So very excited about that. Keep your eyes out for that. Um, over the weekend, I dropped my interview with Colin O'Donoghue, which was uh, really good. It was a really excellent conversation um, and a pretty fun read, in my opinion. So if you were a oncer, once upon a time. Uh, Is there a video of that? No video, no. But I did really good at trying to explain it because he took me on a tour of the costume and props that he snatched from set. So I did my best to try to take the reader along with me since the video is just for me. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm sure that you had a lot of fun with that just being being a huge once upon girly. Yeah. It's a oncer. A Um, oncer? Yeah. Okay. Once upon a time, I was one, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 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 glad to hear that you had a great time with that. I'm glad that it turned out as a great article. Uh, everyone should go and check that out. Collider.com. Give that a read. Give all of the stuff that we have over there a read. We have some fantastic work being done by fantastic writers over there at all times. And also some fantastic video work. If you see an article uh, thumbnail that has a little play button in the corner. And actually now I think it has a time code down in the corner as well to let you know how long the video element is. That just means that the article has a video to go along with it. A lot of times it's something meant to enhance the article in some way. It could be like an interview. It could be a a clip from a show that we are allowed to show or something like that. It could be a feature video. Like it's what I've been working on. Any of that kind of stuff, go over there and check that out. Read the articles, get informed, stay informed, all that wonderful stuff. Uh, We will be back tomorrow uh, at the same time as always. I believe it will be Perry and Steve, according to our schedule. So you have that to look forward to. But until we see you next, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your time. And uh, yeah, take it easy.